0: Banks weren't exactly giving out loans to kids that want to put out punk rock records. And I realized I'm not going anywhere.
1: Usually it's a couple of irons in the fire. There's been times in the past where it's been a few too many and we've definitely paid the price for that.
0: FBM, the bike company, was just like an office space with like a tiny warehouse and it caught on fire and burned down. I worked at companies where I was making more than enough and was living comfortably, but I wasn't happy because I didn't feel like the work was fulfilling. Hopefully this will squash any Chris a Millionaire rumors. If I'd have known anything about business I would have never started a bike company to begin with. I mean there's a million other things that I could be putting my time and energy into to make a much better living. Trying to make an honest living out of doing something you love it's like a terrible idea.
1: We would rather fail than suck. That's truer every day. We will never suck.
0: Kodak Projects presents Don't Stand in Line a six-part docu-series about four unlikely entrepreneurs. Featuring Chris Wren of Bridge9 Records, Sunny Seng of hate56.com, Greg Walsh of Wolpergate Gym, and Steve Crandall of FBM Bike Company and Drop-In Coffee. Available now for purchase or rent at KodakProjects.com. I'm happy to say that this episode is being brought to you by Triumph Printing Company. Triumph is a Massachusetts-based screen printing company with 16 years of experience. Everything's hand printed. They offer design as well as branding. I'm actually using them for a few upcoming projects and I'm super excited to be working with Matt over at Triumph Printing Company. You can find them on Instagram and Facebook at Triumph Printing Co. Or email Matt direct at triumphprintingco at gmail.com. Eighteen,
1: nineteen. once they realize, once they realize or need to realize that BMX is a piece of the puzzle, but it's not the entire puzzle this is the exact kind of thing they're going to need to know. I mean, especially in the current climate, Jesus fuck. If, if, if 2% of them ever get any sort of paycheck, they're going to be lucky. And if 1% ever gets a paycheck they can live on, they're going to be lucky. Maybe that number five, 10 years ago was 5%, maybe, maybe something like that, but man, I mean, they got to realize that if, if, if their minds are dedicated to this, this kind of counterculture, there's gotta be a backup plan, you know?
0: Hey, welcome to episode four of the Kodak Projects podcast. For this episode, I'm talking to Greg Walsh of Wolf Brigade Gym. Even though Greg and I are both about the same age, from the Northeast into BMX, and we both sang in hardcore bands, I don't think we actually truly crossed paths until about 2000 in Southern California. Greg was working at Primo at the time as the team manager and brand manager, and I was working at 411 as their DVD production guy. We ran into each other at the Vanscape Park one night, and we instantly became friends. A few days later, when I was offered the dream job of starting 411 BMX, Greg was my first call. He hooked me up with Robbie Morales at Fit Bike Company, and has done countless other things to help me out over the years. He's always working on some new project or business venture, and is truly one of the most interesting people I know. Greg was an obvious first-round draft pick for Don't Stand in Line, and I'm truly grateful he signed up.
1: Uh, you know, I was I was listening to... Man, of all things, someone brought up a really interesting story um about Annie DeFranco the other day and it reminded me that like when I was a kid, we would there was a there was a club here called Jazzberries and and we as a, as kids, we would do security in quotes um <laughs> a, a, at Jazzberries when Annie DeFranco would play and then we would do that and trade for rental the next Sunday and we would do show metal metal hardcore shows there, you know. Right. And so I was listening to this one record that I remembered of hers, and, and one of the lines was great. And it's it, it was basically saying, like, um, you know, people of my generation wouldn't be caught dead working for the man. Trouble is, you got to have yourself an alternate plan. Mm. And and holy fuck, man, what a sharp thought. What a sharp lyric. Right. You know, no, nobody wants to work for the man, but, but you know, that's not just a plug-and-play situation, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you need a little forethought. anyway but yeah but no that's spot on the thing is this project's weird i have a hard like it's not weird in a bad way it's weird in a good way but like i have a hard time describing it a lot of times because it's so different you know what i mean like it's a little self-help it's a little action sports it's a little just fuck you punk rock it's a you know like but it's it's kind of just everything that i like melded into one thing and then and man, I, honestly, I,
1: of, of course, I of course I couldn't agree more. And I also think that it has an extremely strong, um, in, independent thinking, critical thinking um, undercurrent to it. And I think that that is what ties it to anyone that isn't action sports or hardcore.
0: Right. And the thing is, you guys said you guys said a lot of the stuff. And more way more. But a lot of things that I had I had been thinking or but like I, I didn't have any I didn't have the way to say it. I, I couldn't I couldn't verbalize it nearly as uh, well as mm-hmm. you. And plus, who wants to watch me sit down and, and spit all that shit out? So, well,
1: I don't I, I don't I don't necessarily <laughs> agree with that, but I know well, what you mean. Yep. Yep. Well, yeah, I, I mean, ultimately, I think I think if someone isn't into the aspect of action sports, if someone isn't into the cult, the culture of music, a lot of people right now are, are retooling their entire outlook on what they're going to do next and their drive and their motivation. And I think the timing is fucking perfect.
0: It's almost like I planned it.
1: it tr- I mean, truly, like <laughs> if, if you if you organize this pandemic, I'm going to be pretty pissed. But
0: <laughs> all right, we're talking with Greg Walsh of Wolf Brigade Gym. Greg, uh, you, you know, for those of that might not know, just you want to give us just a brief intro about who, who you are and, and what you do.
1: <laughs> yeah, sure. As, as brief as it can be. Um, I've just I've been involved in counterculture for a really long time. And, and the ways that I'm working within it currently is I run a strength and conditioning brand that's headquartered in Rochester, New York. We have several kind of satellite places around the country and then one in Toronto, but it's called Wolf Brigade. Uh, our headquarters are here in Rochester, where I'm from. I lived in Long Beach, California for a long time, uh, both to work in strength and conditioning and martial arts and also in BMX, and uh, moved back to Rochester in uh, the middle of 2008, and I've, I've been here running Wolf Brigade since. We, we, we run classes, I do a bunch of private training, uh, I do a bunch of consulting, and then we make a few really unique, uh, kind of mostly
0: handmade fitness tools. Awesome. Yeah. So, so this gets a little weird cause I obviously know a lot of these answers, but, um, coming <laughs> from like as a BMX kid, like BMX and like hardcore kid, um, did you ever think that you would be spending so much time in a gym?
1: <laughs> I mean, I think that's, that's a question I'll never get sick of answering. <laughs> um, a- absolutely not. If, if the, if the version of me now were to talk to the 19 year old or even 20 year old version of me that was involved in martial arts, but not at all in strength and conditioning and really didn't like that kind of culture at all, uh, that kid would be pretty surprised. But the reason that I think it works is because I've kept, I've, I've kept the elements of counterculture that I value the most. Um, you know, the all inclusiveness, the detail orientation, the aesthetic, um, Kind of you know like the hard-minded, indignant perspectives I've I've brought with me from hardcore and BMX. Those those things taught me well, man. When it comes to independent culture, I just really don't think there's any better teachers than than independent music and action sports. And so I knew how to run a tiny micro business. Uh, I knew how to struggle and fall down and get up. I knew I knew a lot of things that a lot of people didn't coming into this stuff, and and it let me come into strength and conditioning with some pretty interesting perspectives, and also a pretty clean slate. Like I I had um, I had no preconceived notions about what needed to happen. I was basing things on fact. I was basing things on experience and provability. And a lot of times when people get into whether it be strength training or fitness training or or even you know personal training or kind of some some more simple stuff there's a playbook that they're within and uh, I I never had that because I didn't care. Uh, it wasn't a culture that I was trying to impress the people within. I just wanted to help people. And, and realistically, I wanted to help BMXers and martial artists improve themselves and, and stay strong and and be able to do what they, what they love to do, uh, better and longer.
0: So what sparked you to, to get more into fitness?
1: Geez. Well, I mean, (laughs) <laughs> uh, BMX, is, BMX is, is fun, but not necessarily healthy for your body. Um, martial arts uh, are fun, but not necessarily healthy for your body. And, and as I was riding BMX and then transitioning from more traditional martial arts to Muay Thai and grappling, catch wrestling, I started realizing that, that I needed to be stronger. I, I needed to be more durable in ways that that things like BMX had broken down a little bit. And that I didn't want to do it in a real conventional, you know, jockey gym type way. And geez, I was just, man, I I was so lucky. It, you know, in, in 2003, I walked into the right gym in Long Beach and it, it was just, it fit like a glove. And, and I was there every day
0: until I moved back to New York. Wow. 2003. So that that lines up because when I, that's 2003 is when I moved back from California yeah, uh, to yeah, New England, yep. and the last time I saw you, like I know you were doing jujitsu, but it wasn't anything like when I saw you uh, a year and a half ago. So yeah, it, no.
1: it, it, the mar- the martial arts thread was 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 earlier than that, and even started back when I was when I was still in Rochester before I moved to California, but then uh, in the early 2000s, I I kind of transitioned from you know like like. Kempo karate, good kempo karate. Uh, my instructor Carlos Macias was was phenomenal, and he was learning to grapple at the time too. So we got a lot of practice in together with that stuff. But then once I got more into jujitsu and and once I got more into kickboxing, geez, you know the, the the physical shortcomings really just start to jump out when you get into the more combat oriented martial arts, and and that's that's kind of when we knew each other for sure. Um, and then yeah, as as you left is really when things started to ramp up and and man, I, I just haven't looked back since. I, I, I don't think I'll ever love fitness as an industry. That's for sure. But I, I, am very proud of what we're able to do. And, and we've, we've helped an enormous amount of really great people.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Do you see like, what connection do you see between uh, punk and hardcore and being and BMX? But, um, what, what connection do you see between those things and, and entrepreneurship and even fitness, I guess? Like, how do you see those things kind of gelling together? Well, um, if at all I mean, I mean in
1: in a lot of the same ways as, as you when, when you when you grow up in unconventional ways, your mind works in unconventional ways, knowing that in order to pull off a show, I was gonna have to trick three people, pay a bunch of other people that were scary, and then pull something off at the end of that day. Man, you learn a lot of lessons about what you want to do for a living, and what you don't, and and the the plug and play type job scenario just wasn't really ever on the table for me. When when I moved to California, it was for a great job at a, at a bike company, and and I squeezed I squeezed that as as hard as I possibly could. We, we worked with with a ton of great companies. You know, a lot of the work I did was a launch was a launch pad for some companies that are that are just some of the most well-respected companies in the history of BMX. And I'm very proud of that. But even within that framework, you know, it was, it was a much larger company. BMX was a small division of it. Um, And I tricked them at every, at every turn in order to help BMXers in order to help smaller brands and things like that. And I never felt the slightest bit bad about that because ultimately ended up making them money too. But if, if, if I, if I had, if I had had a paint by numbers approach, I would have done okay at that job. Because I right. didn't, I, I believe I, I did quite an excellent jo- job at that job, and, and, and you know, a lot of brands and a lot of companies that I really respect benefited from that. And I think that all, that all comes from hardcore and, and action sports. You, you, you can't watch you know, some of the early bands that we had the good luck to see you, you can't watch that unfold and you can't, you can't book shows and you can't book tours on a phone dialer and and drive hundreds and hundreds of miles for maybe nothing. And, and, and man, it would be impossible to shake those types of mindsets and attitudes in in my opinion. You know, I know some people leave that stuff behind, but I, 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 that stuff taught me well.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. That reminds me of kind of, um, I heard a, a line the other day and I can't remember who said it. It was someone quoting someone else, but it was, and, it, and this is, you know, paraphrased, but it was something to the effect of the obstacle is the way, you know, which is ex- kind of exactly the way I feel about, uh, I, you know, when you, when you, when you come up skateboarding or in ride BMX or or snowboarding or anything like that, think about what you're spending your time doing. You're looking for an obstacle, in a lot, mostly to propel you forward up and and over. And a lot of times, you know, you're going to go much further. If you hit that obstacle, sometimes you'll, you'll crash and burn, but you know, the way, if you just go around it, that's usually not going to get you anywhere, you know?
1: (laughs) Well, you know, it's, it's true. And then, and then, I mean, I guess the, the kind of hilarious fact that either makes us stupid or smart is that we're always looking for the next more challenging obstacle. Right. <laughs> um, and, and so, yeah, I mean, you're, you're a hundred percent right. You, you know, the, the curb cut is fun, but once the curb cut runs out of juice, then you're looking for the next thing. And, and realistically it's, it's, you know, for me, it's, it's, you know, it, it's not like some adrenaline junkie thing, it's just that I really like the strategic element of doing things a little bit differently but for a reason and with with, with strength and conditioning I mean I think that that has that that very simple mindset has has allowed me to develop into into something extremely unique um, I'm an extremely thorough and effective trainer and and I believe I can improve anyone walking the earth physically with the stuff that we've developed
0: that's awesome I just I wanted to go back a little bit for a second are you okay would you rather not say the name of the company you were working at in long beach
1: oh no no primo and tip plus i i i i don't i don't have any there's there's no um there's no secrets there okay. um, it, it's a it's a well-known it's a well-known fact that that i moved out there in 1999 to work there um some of the people that had brought me out there that are still good friends of mine splintered off not long after that and i ended up i ended up running that place for quite a while And, um, man, I'm
0: sorry. I was going to ask any of those, um, things that you had to go around and do secretly do like, I I mean, do you have any stories about those that you could share or (laughs) anything in particular?
1: Um, I mean, so, so a lot of times, small brands, uh, needed influx of cash to, to grow. And a lot of the unconventional ways that we did that is I would, kind of create invoices for products that didn't yet exist so that I could get money from this giant company to give to the smaller companies so that they could start building products or frames or build their foundations or whatever. Um, If, if a rider needed to travel and there was no money in the budget and I couldn't squeeze it out, um, I would manufacture some sort of photo contingency um i, I know for a fact uh, at at least several occasions and, and supreme respect to both of these people i put chris stoffer's head on dave mira's body and got him paid some money um oh, man. I, I i don't I, I don't i don't have the slightest qualms about that because ultimately it ended up making everybody money it ended up making primo and tip plus money ended up making the riders money uh, a lot of people grew Um, and amidst that there was, there was definitely, there was definitely negativity. I mean, that, that, that period of time was extremely powerful and positive. Um, but it, it rubbed, it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way too. the companies that we were working with there grew extremely fast, um, under, 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 under the leadership we had put in there and, and, you know, that, that rubbed some people the wrong way. And, and even to this point, you know, I don't care about that. I, I made some mistakes, um, uh, there's a couple, there's a couple mistakes that still kind of haunt me with, with how I treated some, some small brands that we worked with, but I don't know. I tried as hard as I could. We, we worked with some really challenging parameters and got a lot of cool shit done. And, you know, ultimately the industry grew for it. Uh, the independent side of the industry grew for it. And that was, that was my goal. That was my goal. The entire time I had worked in BMX prior to working at, at, at Primo and Tip and, and, you know, I knew that the next step was to find a bigger company to leverage some of that knowledge.
0: I mean, obviously, like we we knew each other for a while, and and I know you you've seen some of my work and stuff, but and I I know I knew that you would be a perfect fit for whatever the hell it was that I was thinking of doing, even though I didn't really know what it was. Um, so, like, my I guess the point is, when I approached you with the project, like, did what did you think? Because like I just said, I really didn't even know what it was. Man,
1: first of all, as much as you may not think it, that's a really cool compliment. Um, secondly, uh, <laughs> to your credit, knowing what you had done, uh, seeing your previous work, knowing of your band, hanging out with you in California, you could've approached me with almost anything and I would've backed it 100%. Um, and, and that's not that's not lip service, that's just, you know, there's a short list of people that that, that, that would apply to. Um, and Thank you. Thank when, you. I appreciate when, that. Well, I mean, you earned it and and once you did approach me with the project and the people, I was I was sold immediately. I mean, for for all of our differences and there are some significant ones. Um everyone within this project has done something that I believe is 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 truly truly notable and exceptional. And and an interesting thread that you and I have talked about but that we haven't we haven't talked to other people about yet is is that you know, Crandall and I have worked together for—I mean, like, like quite literally since we were kids. And when I say right. work together, I mean every iteration of smashing things we shouldn't have, setting shit on fire, building brands, running events. Um, and and then Chris uh, from Bridge Nine is is someone that, and some of our earliest events also in the early two thousands, we ran uh, some really good BMX bike contest called Loud Revolution. As soon as we launched those, I contacted Chris because I knew early on about Bridge Nine and I just respected it, man. It, it was cool. It looked good. It was marketed well. I loved all the bands he was putting out, and and so he was one of the first people I contacted to sponsor that event. Um, you mentioned that in that phenomenal write up you made in, on the on the internet about us, um, but but that was something that when all this came together again, I was like, man, you got to be kidding me. I'm gonna get to actually like you know, dip my toes in the water with these guys. And in, in a real way, it, it, it was, it was exciting. It was really exciting. And then Sonny, I mean, as someone that's watched hardcore for, I mean, really just a long time. Um, I, you know, I got into things when I was young to, to watch some of the stuff that I wasn't able to see in person be filmed with, with like, man, just care and feeling and quality I mean, he and I were never, were never friends. We never really knew each other. We've still only spoken just a small amount of times, but man, that is not easy work. So and anyway, I, I respected every, everyone involved. Um, you could have brought me almost anything and I would have done it. So it was, it was, it was a great fit. Um, and, um, even if the people that you brought to the table weren't a great fit, do you, <laughs> do you remember when we were in California and we were going to see Madball, the show got moved to what I believe was like a strip club and a Mexican restaurant in like East Los Angeles.
0: (laughs) I I didn't remember that at all until you just mentioned it. But yeah, yes.
1: So like what I'm remembering is you and me and my brother and I believe our friend Jay Marriott in in my minivan driving to a place in East LA that I'm relatively sure I would not go again um, that had a giant nacho machine, stripper poles and mad (laughs) ball.
0: Yeah, Um, that's
1: so anyway, I just I I remembered that the other day and and I was hoping there would be an opportunity to bring it up because, I mean, it would be hard to it would be hard to remember a weirder show
0: than that. Well, that's definitely a a weird combination of things that (laughs) I think worked out.
1: It did. It worked out great.
0: Oh, man, I I didn't remember that at all
1: those that ate the nachos i imagine that might not have been a good idea
0: what is yeah what is jay i don't know if this is even for the podcast what is jay up to any any
1: i'm sure something extremely talented and 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 amazing yeah that 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 was that was a
0: sharp talented guy i'd love to connect with that guy again yep um so like i i'm pretty sure we filmed in april of last was that last year or was that yeah. three? Yeah, <laughs> it seems yeah. like so long yeah. ago.
1: Or, or, or was that seven years ago? There's really yeah. no way to
0: tell. There really isn't. After filming wrapped, what were your thoughts?
1: Well, I mean, I, I I knew kind of where the project, I knew kind of where the project was going based on knowing a lot about the people involved. the the, the similarities The similarities we all have is that. We've all kind of, we've all kind of clawed and scraped and and figured out ways to get done what we needed to get done. So I mean, there, there was there was an obviousness to it in terms of how those dots would connect. But then the unique part was was I had no idea what they were going to say. There's parts of their stories, each of them, even though I've known Crandall for 25 years, like th- there was parts of his story that, that are that are in the in the documentary that that I didn't know. Um, certainly parts of Chris's and definitely parts of Sonny's, but I was just as excited to see it as, as, as hopefully, I mean, people that aren't involved will be. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm a fan of it as much as I am a participant, I guess.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. So obviously I think uh, you could probably relate to a lot of what they were saying. Um, was there anything in particular that stuck out that was from any of the guys that, you know, really struck home to you? <laughs> I mean,
1: You know, Crandall's simple sentence of of, you know, struggling and and possibly sucking is something you believe in versus just living a boring life. I mean, I I I don't necessarily know if the word I would have used is boring, but that concept, that concept is is one that I think about on a on a I mean, geez, these days on a daily basis. Um, And then with with Chris, some of the stories that he kind of downplayed, but I thought had a lot of uh, a real value is is you know, even just some of the stuff that he did that, because, you know, his, his demeanor is kind of neutral and, and, and stuff, but some of the stuff he did to pull off some of the stuff that really made him stand out in those earlier days,
0: fucking stunts like is straight stun, up stunts.
1: Is stunts, like le- legitimately stuff that like is, is, was of legend even then. I mean, I, yeah. I think I mentioned in a, in a, in maybe a post that I had made that I had heard early on about that. Um, that bridge painting in, in Boston. And, and I mean, that was real. Like I had heard about that soon after it happened. And I was like, right. man, are you fucking kidding me? Like I'd been to Boston. I know what that bridge was. I was like, <laughs> dude yeah. was up there painting of, uh, I mean, 3am like that, that was, that was the kind of great stuff that, that, and you know, as well as I do at, at that time in that era, that's the stuff that, that's the stuff that thinned the herd, you know, I mean, oh, yeah. you were, you, you were willing to go down in flames for this shit or you weren't. right And, and the people that weren't, where are they now they gone and the people that were you know that they're they're here that's it
0: yeah i mean i mean he's still doing that shit to this day like
1: that's what i mean that's what i mean it's 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 crazy
0: yeah Um,
1: i'm a a huge i'm a huge fan i'm a huge fan
0: in the doc there's a good little good section about the maces and and and, um how those came about and stuff do you do you want to just yeah talk about that a little bit like i think that's super interesting
1: Man, that's cool man thank you um that, that, that was a tool that I got introduced to, um, uh, by a guy named Jake Shannon, um, either 2004 or 2005, um, out in California. He was a catch wrestling guy. Uh, that's something that I loved and was participating in. So, so it was kind of, it was kind of, I was, I was connecting with him on, on both those fronts.
0: Do you you want to just, just describe like what it is Oh yeah. So
1: (laughs) it's essentially a ball on the end of a stick and, and,
0: but not a light ball. It's a, it's a heavy ball.
1: Yeah. Heavy. Yeah. Heavy. Um, it can, it can be up to really heavy. Um, there's a lot of places now that make kind of tinker toy versions of it that are too light to be useful. But, um, you know, the way that we do it is different and we have the strategy to back it up. And, and one, one thing that, that we did is when I identified what he was doing as insanely valuable but also really underdeveloped you know indians have used you know maces and gadas for a long long time for their wrestling culture and and you look at those people and they're, and they're just like prime physical examples you can tell that they don't have a lot of equipment but their physicality is is just undeniable it's phenomenal and so of course wrestling culture here adopted that uh, Jake was the first one that had put the ball on the end of a stick in quite that way. And no one had kind of retooled it, it, it since he had. The company that he was working with um, stopped making maces. And so there was really no good commercial mace out for quite a long time. And <laughs> it took me an embarrassingly long time uh, to put a ball on the end of a stick the way it needed to be done. We 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 almost had it on the market in, in 2011. We were partnered with a company here. Um, that ended up just being a, a bunch of total fucking dickbags. And and I mean, they're, they're like, I really don't dislike all that many people these days, but but that company just really, really pulled our pants down and and, and really cut us short. We were we had some good projects in the works and, and they just kind of showed their true colors and did a terrible job, um, uh, censored us, uh, said some really inappropriate stuff to me. And so the mace kind of sat for a while because we're tiny. I didn't have the money or the resources to do it myself. And so eventually, you know, we had developed protocols and and training programs and things like that with the mace, but there was no tool on the market um, that could help people perform that training. So uh, a couple years ago, uh, our friend Mark Entenberg, uh, someone we still work with all the time, um, had kind of this like long shot connection to this local place that might be able to make the entire thing for us. And we investigated it together and, and it it was not an easy process, but we, we got it worked out. And now, now we make maces. We, we had them, uh, we had a distributor for a while. I'm not going to mention the name, but, uh, they dropped us cold, um, in, in an extremely unprofessional and extremely damaging way. Um, but now that we've got the maces, that we've got the manufacturing place, we're just going to keep plugging away at it. And you know, I like a lot about them. I, I like the fact that from a functional standpoint, they're exactly what we want. Uh, they suit our training perfectly. And, and from an aesthetic standpoint, I mean, there's something that will outlast us all. They're they're made phenomenally well. They're they're beautiful. Each is each is um, made to extremely high standards, but they're all at least a little bit different. Even if it's like, you know, the way that they're etched or the way that they're polished or something like that. So every single one of them is a little bit unique, but, but functionally, they're all exactly the same. And we customize them here in New York. It's, it's, it, it it fills a lot of voids to me. I I liked making stuff in BMX and that was something that I missed.
0: Yeah. I was going to say you, you like custom etch, each one, yeah. are not you?
1: It's incredible. I, I did the first few hundred of them, um, and I am not artistic. I worked really hard, and, and my <laughs> I my, wouldn't say that, but... my etching my etching prowess did not uh, did not improve the way that it needed to. And uh, Heather here took over, and does. I mean, I, that's it. That's it. That's its whole. That's a whole other thing. She, she's figured out with a single needle drummel tool how how to make these incredible pictures on these aluminum, bumpy, often gritty maces. It's, it's Hmm. the the entire project tip to tail is, is, I don't know. It's really something. It's really something. Every time I see one of them, um, I'm shocked that we were able to pull it off.
0: That's awesome. And and people can order those like if they want to check them out on your website.
1: They're they're right on our store. Wolfbrigade.com is our website, and, and we have we have a pretty thorough store on there. Gigantic movement library, tons of stuff for free. And, you know, we 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 sell maces and ropes and some some you know intelligent soft goods and, and things like that. But the other thing that we do is we offer a gigantic amount of training for free, and that that's that's again just just you know sewing the threads from hardcore and and BMX. You know, it, of course money is necessary for any business to sustain itself, but I also want people to be able to improve themselves without having to have a million dollars or without having to have like a, uh, a, a full service gym membership or a ton of, you know, background knowledge on fitness and things like that. That stuff's really, really important to me. So that's that's been our priority in, in constructing our libraries on, on our site and even how we do our Instagram and stuff. I mean, I think we reach more people that aren't into fitness that are more into critical thinking and, and mindset and aesthetic than, than we do even people that want to lift weights.
0: I wanted to ask you that cause that kind of leads into, I guess it's kind of the elephant in the room. Um, obviously we filmed last year in 2019 and, uh, 2020 has been a little bit of a different year. <laughs> um, how have you had to adapt and change in, in the way you, you do business?
1: <sighs> um, well, Uh, We haven't. Um, We've always been an extremely responsible, careful facility. Our people are phenomenally respectful, clean. Um, We've changed some cleaning protocols, simple stuff like that. But realistically, we're we're extremely fortunate that we didn't have to retool any entire systems because our people are just respectful, clean, good, hardworking, honest people. And we have people from all walks of life. It's, It's not... Uh, it's not a place where you're going to walk in and find 25, you know, shirtless, six-pack from birth thoroughbreds. We, we we train mostly really really normal people that are just phenomenal because we're very very detailed and we're good at our jobs. We we didn't have to we didn't have to change all that much because people have already set such a such a high standard if if we had to start from scratch with personal responsibility i mean we probably would have had to close a lot more um, i'm not sure we would have made it because you know a lot of places that we respect and a lot of our peers and, and contemporaries didn't make it and that's not because they weren't making it that's because any small growing business forced to close for months on end very few places are sitting on half a year's worth of expenses in the bank. I mean, that's just not real. (laughs) You know, Um, I mean, I've 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 worked on and run tiny businesses since I was a kid. And and geez, man, I mean, as you're growing, money gets funneled into growth. Very seldom are you just sitting on some giant knot that can that can cover your ass when things go wrong like that. So um, we changed what we needed to in order to be responsible. But you know, very thankfully we we'd already we'd already built the right foundation we hadn't had to change a lot
0: that's great that's great um after seeing the finished doc do you have any different and, and then especially after this last year since you know we were together and filming do you have any different opinions on anything
1: man i, I i'm not sure if this if this paints me in a good light or a bad light but um I mean, most most of what I say and think, although I'm always uh, open to interpretation and change when it comes up, you know, I I've been really, really very similar for a long time. So the the stuff that I would be confident enough to say uh, when you were asking questions for the doc, um, something that I would want people to hear and on, on a repeat basis for a long period of time. I mean, there there isn't a there isn't a lot that I would change there. Um, I think, if anything, I, I I think it was I think it was necessary and hopefully important to maybe to maybe sell the story a little bit. But there's there's certain things I mentioned that I at some point believe could be expanded on, but nothing that I would have removed or nothing that I would nothing that I would you know reneg or or change completely or anything like that. Yep.
0: Yeah, yeah. I just I had a feeling you'd say that, and I would agree a hundred percent. I think if anything the, the uh, what came out of you and all the other guys but espe- especially some of the things you said I would I would just double down on and I would just say it would be even more cemented you know like yeah it, yeah it, it just this I think this 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 past year the experiences that a lot of us have gone through you guys all seem to be getting through it and I think it's because you are doubling down on, on a lot of the, the ideas that you shared.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, 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 agree with that. I'll add the asterisk that, and, and I can't speak, I can't speak for those other guys, but I can, I can very clearly imagine. Um, I mean, it has been for everyone. This has been a giant struggle for us for, for a lot of reasons that have nothing to do with a virus or a pandemic or anything like that. Um, people's people's, Tendencies towards being more irresponsible, more dismissive, less caring towards others. Those those things those things have been more impactful than than really any of the other stuff. Um, we we've come up on some and there's really no reason to to dig too deep into any of it here. But we've come up on some really unfortunate stuff that's just based on this fear culture that we're in right now. Um, I've, I've been putting out positive messages in a very public way for over 25 years, and and you know uh, I've had Important projects derailed by people, you know, just being liars and cowards. And, and I'm not sure that in a, in a, in a social climate that was stronger and, and more upbeat and positive that, that any of that stuff would have landed. But, um, you know, snakes will be snakes, rats will be rats. And, and I guess hardcore taught me that too.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 So, I mean, like, swing it in a different direction anything you're super motivated on right now that that you know like what's keeping you going like other than the <laughs> the the typical
1: jeez i almost just laughed right out loud <laughs> um
0: <laughs>
1: um uh honestly you know th- this is exciting i i'm i'm proud of this i i'm proud of the work you did man i'm i'm really stoked on it i think we've talked about this briefly but i mean i think culturally i'm not sure we could have timed it any better the, the, the idea of, of thinking out your independence and, and, you know, have having a strong plan, um, is more important now than it ever has been. You know, even, even when it comes to just being your own first response, you know, learn physical skills, make sure you're strong and capable, make sure you know how to use the tools at your disposal. That that's the stuff that all of us were saying in our, in our, in our pieces. and, and, I mean, man, that's, that's 10 times more important now. It, it, if anything has been proven, it's that no one's looking out for us. And, and that means we just got to do it ourselves.
0: Yeah. That's that one. I keep, I keep seeing, uh, you know, when, when I'm, when I'm looking at some of the footage it's, you had on the wall, I think it's, you know, no one's coming. It's up to us. Is that how they- <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, the yeah, yeah. There's, there's a couple of brands that, that say very similar stuff to that. and, and, I mean it's a, it's a really simple statement but it really is true. And of course, you know our, our friends and families are always there for us and and that's important and and we never lose that in the shuffle but in in a big picture way um we're out to sea, and and we got to keep paddling.
0: Dude, I I got to say that that line I know I probably fudged it up or whatever or, but it fucked it up when I don't know why I'm being PG <laughs> here but <laughs> um no, but, but that line like dude it it resonates with me so hard i wish i realized that years ago cuz you know p- part of what screwed me over was this thought that i was going to you know just if i if i and i resisted this and i went back and forth on it i was like one foot in one foot out the whole time go with college like is what i'm talking about really like oh yeah and, yep. and i finally went back even years later thinking okay like if i just go and get the stupid degree at least I can get the job if I need it and that could have been f- <laughs> my dog's barking that could have been further from the truth like there's no guarantees no one's no one's doesn't matter you you can do everything they tell you to do and in the end you're just it, it's not there you know
1: man I mean it, it, it your statement is true and and it if it wasn't true five years ago or 10 years ago it is certainly true now and you know I'm not anti-college or anything like that of course but i know more than my fair share and i'm sure you know just as many if not more that did get those tickets punched and and did get upside down with debt and all this kind of stuff and still ended up just having to find their own way and, oh, and you know realize me. that no one's coming
0: to me um, exactly <laughs>
1: and 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 realistically it i guess my 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 layperson opinion of that is that it's become such a non-commodity. Ed- education is no longer really even about learning; it's just about ticket punching. And you know, it, 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 my my most my my most personal relationship with that is with uh, graphic designers. I've worked with and groomed graphic designers for 25 years, and yep. it's fascinating that the worst designers I have ever tried to work with are the ones with the biggest degrees. Yeah. And it's really you can't teach that stuff, man. So if if someone has an eye for art and um, they can make art, they can construct with their hands art. Then what we would do is we would make sure that they had access to learning um, the programs that we needed to have the stuff digitally done and, and and moved into those formats. But but the reality is they often taught themselves how to do it. In a different way than any type of college would have, and it turned out amazing. You know, I mean, you remember all of our artwork at, at, at Coalition and, and yeah. early stuff with Hell on Earth. Yeah. You know, none of that stuff was made by, you know, high-level college designers. It was made. It was made by, by feet-on-pavement artists that that were that were making stuff and painting stuff and painting trains and doing amazing work. Um, that that learned how to use computers so that they could work with us doing that. And I think that was a perfect fit. And, and that, that, that's my most personal relationship with the fact that the paper does not dictate the proficiency by any means.
0: Oh, definitely. And I think for – I mean for a long time I was pretty anti-college and, and I'm not going to say I'm like pro-college. But I think I've come around to realize that at least this is my current thinking. Um, I think it's more of a tool. You know what I mean? And it, 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 it's a tool in the toolbox not and and I don't think everyone needs it. So it's you know it's if you think of you know a painter doesn't necessarily need a hammer. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, yeah. I think it could be useful in the right context, but I think it's getting less and less useful from for, for well, most I mean, people.
1: When when I, when I was a kid,
0: more of a hindrance.
1: <laughs> I just <laughs> I, I think sometimes that's the case because and it's like when people take out you know for a long time one of the things that was happening was people were taking out these giant loans to open these grandiose CrossFit gyms. Mm. They weren't spending any time learning their craft. They weren't spending any time learning how to teach people or anything like that. They were just filling a room with really, really expensive equipment and relying on the eye candy to bring in people. Well, (laughs) well, um, we can all forecast where that went. And a lot of times it's the same. It's the same with what you just said. Um, and I think that the the other side of the equation is is the people that are willing to kind of look at it as a tool in the toolbox, but understand that it, it's one of many are the ones that end up with the best rounded uh, skill set and, and and I guess maybe the most longevity in whatever they choose to do and have the least pressure because they're not six figures upside down in in
0: in loans yeah. and all else. you know yeah, that, yeah, that's the biggest problem. you get you get squeezed into doing living a life you don't want to be in because you you feel like you're just stuck uh,
1: well and that, I mean when I when I, trap. I I think where I was going for a second there was when I was a kid I, I, I realized that there was things I wanted to learn um, and improve on but I didn't really care about a degree so I went to a, a community college here and I took some I took some you know like writing courses and, and th- things that I had interest in already had experience in and and I believe had some level of aptitude in and it was phenomenal. I mean, I mean, I met I met a few professors that were that were, legitimately influential people, um, and that that made it worth that made it worthwhile. But but the idea of being ten times more in debt to learn a bunch of math and shit that I never would have <laughs> ever used it just didn't make any sense to me. And and again, you, you know, your 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 earlier question about what hardcore and BMX have taught me it's it's man, it, you know painting by numbers gets you one particular picture and it's just never a picture I've wanted to paint.
0: Right. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. You know, w- w- one thing that we didn't mention, I think <laughs> we didn't mention the name of the, do- the documentary, but, uh, we, we've been talking about don't stand in line. Right? <laughs> <laughs> the docuseries.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. It would have been in, I'm not it a professional. Been in The title or something.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 You, yeah it'll be in there somewhere this won't be the first you're hearing of it but um yeah this just goes to show like you know i i think for me uh and maybe you can speak to this like i personally i don't think i've ever been um i don't think i've ever just been naturally talented at every at anything like anytime i try to do anything i'm usually the worst one trying it and but if but if i'm into it if i like it i keep i keep hammering away and eventually i think i get decent at it. i think i've got decent at it a few things, but, um, you know, I, I I don't know, man, like, I I think that's part of it is just, is just the persistence and, and, and the determination, like, and I think I picked up a lot of that from just going out in my driveway and, and trying to figure out how to ollie over a crack in the ground or like, you know, you know, trying to see if I could bunny hop over a trash can and, um, or actually, (laughs) Even earlier, you know, trying to do a cherry picker on on, in. in I've
1: I've seen that. I've seen documentation of that. And you sure, you sure have gotten good at some great shit. And and of course, man, the 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 persistence and the fall down, the fall down, get up nature of all this is is the most important thing. I mean, if 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 anyone involved in this thing had fallen down and stayed down, well, there wouldn't be a story, you know. Hmm. Um, it's, 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 it's crucial and, and it's unique to all of us in the sense that, that, I mean, in in my case, I can speak to particularly, I've fallen down a lot and you know, you, you learn a lot and it it takes a toll Uh, in, in no way am I trying to romanticize it. If I could eliminate some of those failures, I certainly would have, but there's other ones that, that taught me more than any level of success ever could have. Uh, so yeah, that's, 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 um, man, that's a, that's a giant, that's a giant piece of the puzzle. And, and as far as natural aptitudes, I, I tend to agree with you. Um, once I started, once I started martial arts, I, I realized that I had some level of physical aptitude towards that. And I credit BMX with that and it's just durability and, and, you know, persistence. And I think the only thing that I've Ever had any sort of natural aptitude at was writing, and and that's something I've done since I was a kid. And, and
0: yeah, I would I would say I'm, you probably have that.
1: I'm thankful for that. I, I I've developed it, and I've never taken it for granted. I, I try every single thing I write. I try and improve some way over the, over a previous thing I've written. Um, but, but I, I agree with you that most of the stuff I've done has been, has been hard earned and, and built on a foundation that I had to earn from something else.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's just, uh, yeah. For me, it's just brute force, like repetition. <laughs> That's right. Um, That's right. Put a
1: football on and, and smash right through it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you wouldn't even believe the first time I tried to like, um, I was on, what what was I on? Oh, Jesus. I, I was on a, a podcast the other day. Oh, uh, the 185 South. Uh, oh, yeah. And he, yeah. And he was he was talking about uh, pit of equality, uh, the ten, from the ten year fight demo. And yep. dude, the first time I tried to sing that song in band practice, everyone just stopped <laughs> to laugh at me. I I could not do it to save my life. Couldn't do it. It, uh, it took it took me like weeks before I figured out how to how to get that vocal pattern. If you listen yep. to it, I listen to it now, and I'm like, what the hell was wrong with me? Like it's just so. Uh, but it's just one of those things. Like I I was terrible at it, you know,
1: man. I, and, and, and I'm, I'm only going to say this because it it correlates perfectly with what you're talking about, but I am not trying to compare your amazing legendary band with anything I've ever done. We, 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 we tried, we we tried, we tried to cover, um, you nothing by sheer terror at one point. And I, I, I just straight up couldn't do it right. Yeah. It's tough. It's the it's the same it's the same way as what you're saying. Where you listen yeah. to it and you're like, okay, this is like relatively straightforward. Like, there's nothing crazy here. There's no singing here. There's there's nothing. But it was just it was ferocious and and the pace was ridiculous, and the breaks were hard. And and I just remember doing it really really badly and being like, man, fuck this. We're not going to dishonor this epic song. We're just not going to do it.
0: <laughs> I had that. I... Oh, go ahead.
1: <laughs> Anyway, that's it.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah no, I had the same thing happened i we tried to do uh when i was in standard fight we tried to do a uniform choice song i forget which one it was but i sing it would sing it all the time in the car like i'm like i got this this is easy and then we'd go to do it and there was no way it just was not happening and and um and you know we had there was a few songs over the years where like covers like that it's just like most of them i was eventually able to get but it was really hard and even in the end like there's some recordings of some covers we did with tenure fight that I hear. And I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. that I did that justice. Like it, it's honestly,
1: man, we, we, uh, I don't even know if I want to admit this. We covered a verbal assault song and it, it just, I had no business even really listening to that song, let alone, <laughs> let, 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 let alone trying to play it. So I can relate to that. But, um, but any I don't know, I guess <laughs> live and learn. Right.
0: Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. And then you figure out like, <laughs> You know, sometimes you're not meant to, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm trying to bring this back around to something meaningful here, but like sometimes you're just not meant to, to fit in someone else's shoes. You know what I mean? Like you got to make your own footprint.
1: And especially something like hardcore. it's, It's, it's something like hardcore. Well, to me anyway, it's, it's, it's so much less. About the vocal stylings in some level, and and so much more about the presence and the cadence and and the authenticity yep. of it. And I mean, there are certain bands that will never be covered properly.
0: Ever. Oh, they don't even make sense. Do You ever try to do a Youth Today's song and sing like oh, Ray Capo? God. Forget it. I, I
1: don't. I don't even.
0: I think uh, what's his I don't name? Know if I would try to sing that in the car. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's his name from uh, uh, Redemption '87? probably the I forget his name. Eric, I think. Oh yeah. Only yep. one who could come close.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, that's a can of worms. C- certain bands should just should just be untouchable. And that's the end of the story. It's like certain movies, you know, eventually they're going to remake everything, but some things should just be left, man, because they're yeah. perfect. Or even even maybe they're not perfect, but they're perfect in their imperfection. And, and sometimes you just shouldn't fuck around with that.
0: True. So true. <laughs> uh, well, let's see. We're coming up on an hour. Is there anything, yeah. anything else you want to mention or? I no, mean, obviously I, plug some stuff, but is anything else you want to talk about or?
1: Uh, man i uh no I, i'm i'm so pleased to be involved with with this with everybody uh thanks to everybody that did such a great job and thanks thanks to you for pulling it together and, and giving us a voice for this stuff and 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 I, I really just i really just hope people enjoy it and and i hope it resonates like m- more so than just pure unadulterated enjoyment um, and entertainment which is most of us have had too much of a fill of for the last six months. I hope this actually resonates and, and, and can, can help some people. And, and I mean, yeah, I don't know. That's it. I'm just really pleased. I'm just really pleased with it. I think you did a phenomenal job and, and uh, I can't wait to see what people think.
0: Thanks, man. Thank you. I, I agree. I, I really do hope that that people get something out of it uh, meaningful. Hopefully they're entertained as well, but I, I really it will. Some... I mean,
1: you know, we did that soft premiere up here and we showed the first three episodes and it was a big room full of people, um, in the beginning of summer in, in in the event that we have here each year and man, it went over great. And, and everybody was like, Oh, what's next? Everybody was like compelled by, by the participants. And it was just, it was phenomenally timed because it really made it feel like you were really on to something. And, and while I knew that, um, you know, <laughs> I've been I've been wrong before. I've I've fallen just totally in love with stuff that people have have done, and basically no one else seemed to like it. And and I don't think that that takes away from it at all. Uh, but with something like this, the point is to circulate it. The point the point is to reach as many uh, good people as we possibly can. And and man, seeing it in front of that room full of people, uh, seeing them kind of you know emotional and, and kind of compelled. And and it, man, it showed me that that you are onto something.
0: You did a phenomenal job that's awesome and that's great to hear hopefully we can we can do a screening or two i i almost man i was i was like real close to pulling a trigger pulling the trigger up here because um like yeah you can rent the movie theater for for like a hundred bucks for for a couple hours right now but what um, you can rent movie theaters up here in my area um and they'll show whatever you want and it's for like a hundred bucks for like two and a half hours and i almost did it just to go and sit with with uh with my family, just go watch it, you know? But well,
1: I, I, when are we doing that?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I don't, we, I don't know, man. We, we can talk about whole, it later. I, yeah, I know. It's, it's the whole really a thing. That's
1: definitely happening elsewhere and we, we can skin that cap when it comes up, but that is a great idea.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I was so close to doing it, but I think you know, everyone's just spooked. So yeah, you know, I, I put out a little feeler on Instagram and I didn't really get any replies. So, you know, I don't know, but well, well,
1: We'll pump the brakes on it, but that's a phenomenal idea. Holy cow! That would be that would be
0: super. I fun. mean, like I said, a hundred bucks just to watch the something I made up on the big big screen is you know fuck it, you know. My God. <laughs> just yeah, do it for myself, you know. I,
1: I, man, I absolutely agree with that. You deserve it for sure. It'd be awesome.
0: <laughs> so, so just just let everyone know where they can find you.
1: Thanks. Yeah. So, Wolf is is the site for the gym. The Mephisto Group is the website for all my little dysfunctional brain children over the last 25 years. Uh, warofattrition.com is, is my writing site. Most of the things that are on that site are also in a paperback book, but the book also has some stuff that isn't on the site. And our, our Wolfergate Instagram is strong. We don't do a ton with social media, but I really prioritize Instagram because it's landed well for us until they started uh, eliminating our access to new people. And th- those, those are the places that we're findable. We're also really, we're, we're good at responding. If people have questions and messages about either training or, you know, whatever, we're, 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 good about that stuff. We'll never be too big to, to, to reply to the people that care about what we're doing. And, uh, and then, yeah, don't stand in line. We will have links for this in our, in our link tree. You'll find that on Wolf Brigade. We, we try and interconnect as much stuff as we possibly can because we, 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 Sincerely appreciate people involving us and and getting and in, getting into what we're doing.
0: Awesome, man! Thanks so much for doing this. Yeah,
1: this is great, man. This was fun. Can't wait for the doc. I hope you guys like it. And and again, thank thank you for putting this together. It's incredible. Yeah, no,
0: thank you. If you get a chance, please leave us a review in iTunes and Spotify or wherever you're listening to this. It really helps build awareness, and it would mean a lot. To also, don't forget to check out the sixth part, "Don't Stand Line docu series. You can learn more about it and everything else we're working on at codecprojects.com. That's C-O-D-E-C-P-R-O-J-E-C-T-S dot com. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Kodak Projects. I also want to mention that I started a Don't Stand In Line Facebook group. If you get a chance, go take a look at that. I really want to develop it as a resource for anyone that's out there trying to do their own thing. You know, whether you're just trying to find a good place to source DVDs or T-shirts... Or if you have an experience or a story that you might have that might help someone else along in their journey trying to get out there and do their own thing, you know, please take a look at it and and leave some posts and uh, reply and respond and let's build a community over there. All right. Thanks a lot. See you next week.